Welcome to Focus on Success with Fazia Costi. Our program is designed to help you with executive function challenges. Our guest experts offer perspective, experience, and ideas to improve different aspects of your life. Now, here is your host, Fazia Costi. Hi, welcome. I'm Fazia Costi, and today we have an amazing, wonderful guest, uh, Tanille Jackson. She's an author, a speaker, a coach, a filmmaker, and an activist. She has written books. She has conducted webinars, workshops, films, organizations. Um, she's an incredibly busy and amazing woman, and I'm really excited to have her here today. Her mission is to educate and empower personally, professionally, spiritually, and socially. So she's got a big job ahead of her. And so welcome to the show, Tanil. Thank you so much, Fazio, for having me on. Yeah, I'm really excited to have you here because you truly have done a lot uh, with your with your life. And, you know, that's impressive because sometimes people go through years of their lives and they don't really do a whole lot. They just get up, punch the clock, go back home. And you've really made use of your time on this planet, I, I have to say. So that's impressive. Um, yeah. So let's start with you. Tell us a little bit about you. Who Who is Tanil? Well, you know what? I always say beyond the titles, first and foremost, Tanil is a wife and a mother. Um, you know, obviously I started out as somebody's daughter, but both my parents have passed away. Um, but I have been spending the last 20 plus years of my life being a wife, being a mom. And so I just feel like servant is the title for me. And so all of the other roles that I play to me, that just really kind of those are glorified titles. But I always tell people if I didn't have any other accolades, if I didn't do anything else being a wife and a mom is really what I believe that I was purposed to be well wow, those are big jobs yes. uh, I know as a mom myself I I know how big of a job it is so, so you get it <laughs> I totally get it you know it's it's uh you know not even a thank it's a thing it's a thankless job for for many years you know yeah. your kids don't realize how much you've done for them until they almost are adults wrong yes. my, my kids didn't realize that till they were adults but, you know, I have to say in my my older daughter's defense, she did call me in college one day and say, Mom, I just want to thank you for everything you've done. I realized now that you really did a lot for me. So that yeah. so sometimes they do come back and say thank you. So you've yeah. done a yeah, it's a big job. How old are your kids? My I have four biological children. So I raised seven, but I have four wow. biological children. Yes. And they are 14, 17, 18, and 20. So I definitely understand where you are. And their birthdays are October, November, December, and January. <laughs> so right. So like there's a whole season. Once September comes around, I shut my calendar down because now it's time to get ready for school and then what I call birthday season. And so oh my yeah, goodness. Yeah, I told I totally agree with you. Wow, that's amazing. Um, well, you've you've done a lot of things with your life. So tell me what what inspires you? What what are the things that you know light a little fire under you to do these wonderful and amazing things? This is gonna probably be the most morbid answer that you've ever received with this question, but the thought of death. <laughs> 
is what inspires me to do what I'm supposed to do, right? So not only have I lost, like from the years 2002 to 2012, like I literally lost some of the most major people in my life every year. So my mother died in 02, my biological father died 10 months later, my grandmother died five months after that, the year after that I lost an aunt. So I mean, like literally I lost a nephew, uncles, aunts, first cousins, all in that 10 year time period. And so that really was, a shaking, if you could imagine. And in the midst of that, I'm actually a stroke survivor as well. And so I think that anytime you have an encounter with death, whether directly or indirectly, it kind of gives you to appreciate life even more to understand that it is not just something that we have, right? I think sometimes we take it for granted and just assume that because of our age or whatever, that we're supposed to just wake up and just have the time to do whatever we want to do. And we'll get around to it in five years or 10 years. But, you know, for me, like my mother was 45 when she died. So my mother was wow. very young when she passed away. Um, and it just, and here I am. I'm very close to that age now. And so for years, I thought that I was going to die at 40 because my aunt died at 40. Like a lot of people in my in my family died at a very young age. And wow. so that was really what kind of stirred. That was what ignited the fire. I'm like, if I'm going to die young, let me, I got a lot to do in a short amount of time. And so that's really kind of, yeah. And that's a little really fire under going. you. Absolutely. It made you rush a little bit. Absolutely. Yeah. That's wild. Um, what are some of the things that um, you've done? Tell us some of your work. Oh, okay. So let, let, start- let's, let's let's start with let's start with just because uh, you've done a lot of different things. You know, you're an author, speaker, a coach, a filmmaker, yeah. an activist. Let, let's start with the author. Let's and talk about actually- your many different hats. Let's talk about the author. What have you done as an author? Yeah, so that's probably the best place to start because that is really where the entire entrepreneurial journey began as an author. So the end of 2010, I decided to publish a book. And so I was actually going, I was in school for my master's degree at the same time. I went back to school in 2009 for my master's degree. At the end of 2010, I published this this book. My first book was called... um, Pleasing Your Partner, A Spiritual Guide to Happiness. And so I ended up ranking number three as the National Black Book Festival's best new author coming out the gate. And I learned that the ceremony, so they were going to be honoring me in Houston, Texas, the same weekend as my college graduation. And I said to myself and my husband, I'm like, well, you know, I've done because this was my master. So I've done the bachelor's degree thing. And your name is individually called out, you know, once you do the college graduations. But I'm like, I've never been to Houston before. And so that was my first time experience in Houston, Texas. So I, you know, I did not go to my college graduation so that I could go to Houston to be honored um, there. But that's really how it started with that first book. And I always say of many authors, a lot of times writing is contagious. So it's like, okay, after you write that first book, it's like Pringles. Once you pop, you can't stop, you know? (laughs) So, you, you know, you find out like, oh, I can do this. And you start thinking about other things that you can write about. And so now to date, I am 18 books in. Um, I'm about to be releasing my next book next month. It's called Get in Alignment with Your Assignment. And so, yeah, I have done 
one novel, and then I am really more so your self-help person. So I've written children's books, relationship books, you know, inspirational titles. My international award-winning book was an inspirational title. It's called Inspiration from Above. And so um, that's really what, what started me in all of this, because what happened was in being an author, then I was traveling the country, going to all these different book events, and I would meet other authors, and they're the ones who kind of encouraged me to start my own organization. And so in 2013, which does not seem like 10 years ago, (laughs) that's when I started my first organization. So yeah, that's how it all started. Yeah. It doesn't seem like 10 years ago, does it? No. Wow. Um, What are, what are some of the um, other books that you've written that you feel are relevant today that somebody could pick up and, and tell us where they can get those? Well, you know what? The fact that you brought that up, I actually brought this one up. This is before the one that I'm about to publish. I published this book last year. So it's called Being a Black Man is Harder Than You Think. And I know it's like crazy, like you're a woman. So what in the world would you know about this title? Mm -hmm. But this book is one that everybody can go. All of my books are available on all the dot com. So Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Walmart, Target, as well as my website. My name is Tanil.com. But um, here, this is probably one of the books that I feel it has some of the most substance um, because of what is going on in the world right now. And what happened was this is my first compilation. So I actually interviewed 28 black men across the country. I think it's about 13 different states and they age from 30 to 70. And the entire book stems around the question what does it mean to be a black man in today's society? But there is it's an interview of 28 questions. And so I kind of ended up serving as a ghostwriter almost because I wanted those those uh, answers to be the voice of the book. And so I just kind of like I would do an introduction for each chapter, but then just kind of allow their words to take, you know, take life of the book. So that is one that just was published in June of twenty twenty two. Tell us a little bit about the questions that you may have asked these individuals. What Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So some of the questions, like I say, the heart of the question was, um, you know, what does it mean to be a black man in today's society? I would ask them, is racism an issue that you're affected by? Because a lot of times we automatically assume that black people um, endure racism. But the ironic part is that many of the men would say that they may not endure directly, but indirectly, or, you know, if something happens to one, then we're all affected by it. But, you know, and it wasn't just like the younger ones in their thirties that said it, like sometimes it depended on the part of, you know, so like I had guys who were from Georgia. So, you know, they're like, yeah, we've experienced it. Iowa, he's like, I experience racism every day, you know? And so I think that sometimes it may depend upon, be dependent upon the part of town. Um, but I also ask them, like, what do you consider, what they consider the role of the Black man to be in family and community? We talked about depression, dealing with depression, what their thoughts were on, you know, like seeking professional help, because a lot of times there is a stigma attached Mm -hmm. to uh, professional counsel or therapy, especially in the Black community, but even more, especially amongst Black men. And so getting their thoughts to that, um, talking about, you know, like their ideas of success and legacy, because a lot of times, especially in today's society, we are 
we we constantly see all of the bling and you think that because you got a lot of money and and for them like none of them define success by the amount of money you make. I mean, so many of them echoed success has nothing to do with the amount of money that you make. And so many times you end up getting caught in that, that you chase that. You're chasing the big house, the big car, but success is really about what it is that you do for others and what it is that you're doing with your life. And so it was really a a deep uh, conversation. We even talked about domestic violence and if they felt that domestic violence was a woman's issue, um, if any of them have ever been abused, because that's something that we really don't talk about a lot either. I think society uh, sets it up where men are supposed to be strong. And so if a man is a victim of domestic violence, then somehow that makes him a weak individual. And many of them kind of share um, some some issues that happened with them. Some of them were uh, molested or raped or sexually harassed, but never said anything because they didn't want to get laughed at or talked about, you know, and most of the time from other men. And so it's really um, a deep, it, it, it goes beyond what we normally think of when a woman interacts with a man. And that was really the point because what I have noticed is that whenever I see men come on women's shows, it's normally about relationships. You know, why did you marry her? Or why were you interested in her? Very surface and shallow stuff. And so for me, I just feel like if you really want to know a person, you have to know fully who that person is. And so that's right. what, what we discussed within the book. No, I love it. You know, I, I love how you just had so much depth to your questions. That That's a really, really fascinating book. I hope that everyone goes out and gets a copy because this is really, uh, it's kind of a game changer. You know, it's like a peek into a culture you may not necessarily Absolutely. belong to. Uh, tell us again, the name of the book, please. So the book is Being a Black Man is Harder Than You Think, and you can go to Amazon and get it. Like I say, you can pretty much Google it, but any of the major e-tellers is on, as well as my website, my name is Tenille.com. But I do not have any problems if people go to Amazon first and get it, and then you can get it with Prime in like a couple days. So, yeah. Yeah, that, that's, that's wonderful. Um, what are some of the other projects that you're currently working on? Well, from the book, actually, I created the documentary. So you talked about me being a filmmaker. And so in working on this book, I kind of knew probably after the second or third interview, I knew that this was going to need to be an additional uh, platform, like we needed to see it. Um, And so even though you don't actually see the men, it's an expository documentary, um, but I made a documentary and it's called The Four Eyes of the Black Man. And so the eyes talking about identity, Okay. <laughs> insecurity. See, you see where you went with it. I, I didn't know where you were going with this, to be honest. <laughs> You're like, like the four eyes. Tell me what that means. Yeah. So on the cover, though, on the cover of the documentary is literally four closed eyes. Right. Because these are the issues that black men have to deal with all the time. And so you get to hear all 28 of the men tell these stories. And it was really kind of intentional to not have them seen because I did not want for people to say, oh, well, this is a 70-year-old. That's the reason why he's saying this, or this is the 30-year-old. Like the fact that just in hearing what they have to say, 
And despite their age, despite where in the world they live, just the fact that they are all black men in America, their stories really unites them. You know, they have really similar experiences because of that. And so with the documentary, that's what we did. We just really brought that out. And so far, we've been fortunate. We've won a few different film festivals uh, so far. And so, I mean, like there are more to come. So every month, I think, you know, you'll get an announcement about something else. But for me, it's really this project is beyond me. Um, And that's the reason why you don't really see I'm not the face of it. Um, I talk about it because I created it. But for me, the purpose of this is really to heighten awareness. And in fact, I put um, the notion is that understanding his reality as he perceives it will hopefully destroy stereotypical thinking and help strengthen relationships among the family and community. And so like, it's really like threefold. You want men to better understand men, but you also want women to better understand men, you know, because even though I talk about black men, I think some of these things are universally with men in general so that women can better understand uh, men and then non-people of color can better understand the his mindset, you know, so that way mm-hmm. when you see him, you don't automatically just go across the street because sometimes that's how you're taught because you don't know, right? And right. so- we fear the unknown. And so that's really the hopes with this project is whether you read the book or watch the documentary that you're able to kind of unpack and get a better understanding of who he is. I love it. Tell me what the four eyes are again. Yes, it is identity, influence, insecurity, and impact. Wow. Those are, those are good. Thank I you. like it. Very Thank well done. You. Yeah. Um, or yeah, <laughs> to be honest, I'm not that easily impressed. So this was impressive. Oh, wow. <laughs> so so I tell you what, yeah. if people want, they can go to the documentaries available for viewing on Vimeo. And so the link is educated and empowered dot V H X dot TV. One more time, educated and empowered. And empowered. So it's totally spelled out, educated okay. and empowered. Dot V is in video, H is in her, X as in X-ray. So dot VHX dot TV. Wonderful. Well, I hope that um, our listeners will go out and watch your uh, documentary. It sounds Absolutely. fascinating. Absolutely. Thank so, you. So, yeah, you've done some really awesome work here. Uh, I, I love the uh, the diversity in which you you work. Um, It's, it's very inspiring, I think, to everyone to watch somebody who has no fear, you you just kind of jump in, you're like, okay, I'm an author, okay, I'm a speaker, okay, I'm a filmmaker, okay, I'll be I'll make a documentary, no big deal. (laughs) You know, people don't do that, unless they really just are incredibly confident and have no fear. And so that that is a very admirable quality in another human being. So I, I think that's great. And and I, I, I love it because it inspires other people. If you, oh. you know, they're like, you know, and, and I think that's important to be able to be in a position where you can inspire younger people or even older people to say, hey, if you really want to do something, 
Why not? Let's go do it. Absolutely. <laughs> and, and you know what? And that's how I feel about life. Like you, you miss a hundred percent of the shots that you never take. Right. Absolutely. So for me, I, I despise when people say, well, one day or someday I'm going to do something because I tell people, especially as a coach, I tell them like, when I look at my calendar, I see Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I don't see one day or someday anywhere. So what that says to me <laughs> is that if you're giving me dates that's not on a calendar, it's very unlikely that you will actually make it a priority. And so let's start putting some real time on there. Let's say, okay, in January, you know, or in December, like give a day, even if it's not tomorrow, don't keep saying someday or one day because now you're not really holding yourself accountable. Accountable to getting it done. I I agree completely. I, I work with the uh, individuals all the time on time management and long term and short term planning and and unless you put a date next to it, nothing's going to happen. And you know it's funny. I recently saw a quote by Elon Musk, and I I thought it was kind of funny but very true. He's like, if you give yourself thirty days to clean your house, it will take you thirty days. If you give yourself three hours, it will take you three hours. Absolutely. And I thought it's a very true statement. You know, mm-hmm. if you truly want to accomplish something, you have to give yourself a timeline and stick to it. And, you know, it seems like that's something you really do. So tell me a little bit about, so we've talked about you being an author. We've talked about your documentary. What kind of speaking engagements do you participate in? What do you do um, as a speaker? As a so speaker. I, I talk about a variety of things, right? So pretty much all things empowerment, because I live to empower people, like to give you to see the best version of yourself. Because I think, like you just said, whether you give yourself the 30 days or the three hours, it's about you believing that you can do it. And so many times the things that we have encountered or experienced growing up or in whatever part of our lives, it has challenged us to believe that it's not possible or that success is only possible for certain people and not others. So one of the things that I do in all forms, so whether it's podcast, broadcast, public speaking, is really helping others to understand what they have, the power and the beauty that they have in themselves. Um, But Mm -hmm. then I also pretty much talk about all things literary. I'm an author, a publisher. And so I talk about, you know, giving people advice on writing. Like I just did a writer's conference. Chicago Writers Association had a conference um, in 2022. And I was a speaker for one of those things, talking about editing and, you know, why editing isn't optional. So I can also, you know, talk very specifically on an industrial level. So giving you uh, tips about writing or publishing or promoting your books. Um, And then I'm a survivor. So talking about being a survivor, like I used to be um, an ambassador for the American Stroke Association. And so I would go and kind of talk about that and give people to know that there is life after stroke and stress because stress is actually what caused my stroke. And so like how to deal with stress and things like that. And so um, there are a number of things that I can talk about. I mean, as, and with in the church. I am a first lady. I am an evangelist. So, you know, I'll go to different churches a lot and then just speak about that. So I'm very knowledgeable about the Bible. And so, you know, just other spiritual matters. So I, it's really, I talk, (laughs) that's what I do. Right. And so, you know, I just, I love, it's not for me, my being a speaker is just another tool to use to educate and empower others. So, yeah. 
I, I love it. I, I, I've only known you a short amount of time. All I see is a woman who has no fear. You know, you're just like, I've got confidence and no fear. That means you can do anything. And and I wish that everyone felt like that because we truly all have our talents. And and I think that people allow fear to get into their head and that's when they put things off. Well, I, I'm not good enough right now. So I'll write that book when I'm retired. I'm not good enough right now, or I don't know enough right now where that's not necessarily true. I, I think we can all do things at different levels and we should have the confidence to do it. Absolutely. You know? And if I can interject really quickly, let me say this to the person who may be listening and saying, oh, well, I don't want to be an author. I don't want to be this or that. For me, what I always tell people is never about mimicking somebody else, right? It's always about being your best self. But the only way you can be your best self is if you know what you are purposed to do. Everyone is not purposed to be a multitasker. They're, right. you know, like, uh, again, really quickly with the story of the t- talents from the Bible, you had one that had one, two, and five. So I think that our problem in society is that we waste so much time either envying others or degrading ourselves because we're not like those others that we, you know, we don't honor what we actually have. And at the end of the day, everybody is given the same 24 hours. It's up to you what you do with those. So absolutely. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you. I I couldn't agree with you more. Um, I, I remember when I was younger, people would say things like, well, I don't have the time. And that's exactly what I would think. We have the same 24 hours in the day. It's a matter of priorities. What do you put first? Yep. Yep. And that's really what it's all about. If if you really want to do something, you have to give it the space in your calendar. Mm -hmm. Mm Because you're right. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Only seven days you have. We we all have the same days. Um, (laughs) It's just a matter of where do you put it on your calendar? So, no, I I love that. Um, We've got a couple minutes before we go to break. Can you tell everybody again where they can get a copy of your book and a copy of the documentary? Absolutely. So everyone can go to um, Amazon.com and they can get Being a Black Man is Harder Than You Think. That's probably the quickest, most familiar. Um, you can also go to my website. My name is Tanil. That's T-O-N-E-A-L.com. If you like to view the uh, documentary, you can either buy it or rent it on Vimeo. And so that link is educatedandempowered.vhx.tv. Thank you so much. Um, it's really been a pleasure learning more about you and your your talents. I look forward to coming back after the break and talking with you some more. Um, but before I talk about my thing, if somebody wanted to get in touch with you, how could they do that? Absolutely. So along with the website, my name is Tenille.com, You can reach me literally across any social media platform. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, LinkedIn, Clubhouse, Wisdom, YouTube, at my name is Tennille. So it's really easy to find me. My name is Tennille is my handle as well as my website. Wow. Thank you so much. So if you're looking to get in touch with me, you can go to executivefunctioncoachaz.com. Um, our magazine, Executive Function Magazine, is now a monthly subscription. Uh, if you'd like to get a copy, our next... Um, Issue goes out February 10th, and it is all about relationships. So if you're interested in in getting a copy, go to the website and make sure that you subscribe 
you'll probably get an email that asks you to confirm that subscription. Make sure you click on that because if you don't, the subscription will not come through to you. Um, if you're interested in being a speaker on our show, um, you can go to our website and send me an email and we'd be happy to chat with you more about that. Um, and if you'd like to write an article for our magazine, um, please reach out to me. We, we would love to have you uh uh, write an article. We just need to know what you'd like to write about. So you can send me an email also through the website. We have a new product coming out or that actually has come out. It's um, mind print assessments. The mind print assessment is a fantastic um, assessment. Um, it's used by NASA. We can also predict ACT and SAT scores. So if you have a child who um, may be getting ready to take their SATs or, SA or ACT, uh, we can definitely help with that as well. And um, you can call me for a consultation at 480-648-1122. And without you, this would not be possible. So thank you for everyone who's listening. We'll be back after these messages. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. If you are struggling with organization, time management, or other executive functions, Bozzi Acosti is ready to put you on the path to success. Visit executivefunctioncoachaz.com. Bozzi works with in-person clients at her Phoenix, Arizona office, or with clients anywhere across the country remotely. Mention that you heard this ad from the Focus on Success radio show and receive a free initial consultation with Fazia, plus $50 off an intake evaluation, a $300 value. Visit executivefunctioncoachaz.com or call 480-648-1122. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Focus on Success. To reach Fazia Costi or her guest on the live show, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to Fazia at executivefunctioncoachaz.com. Now, back to Focus on Success. Hi, welcome back. I'm Fazia Costi, and today we are talking with Tanil Jackson. Um, she is an empowerment specialist. She is an author, a speaker, a coach, a filmmaker, and an activist. And her mission is to educate and empower personally, professionally, spiritually, and socially. So welcome back to Neil. Thank you so much, Fazia. This has been a blast. Well, I'm really glad that you're here. I, I think every time you start talking, all I can think about is, you know, you, you really have no fear. You just jump into things and you do things. And during the break, we were talking about how, you know, we take our, 
our challenges and we make them our strengths. And you've yeah. really done that. And you were saying during break that you had a lot of rejection when you were younger. Yeah. And you use that now to kind of identify your next step. Tell me a little bit more about that. Absolutely. Like, so with me, I grew up um, because I was a, I was like 18 before I met my biological father the first time. Um, I think that there is a rejection issue that is attached to that, abandonment issues that's attached to that. And so it also kind of... Um, it, it 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 created the 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 way that I dealt with other people was based upon the notion that I, I wasn't good enough, you know. And so that was something that plagued me for decades, not years, decades. And so I finally was able to overcome that. Um, but again, as in that whole in that whole arena, you have rejection, abandonment, depression, like there are a lot of things that live there. And so now that I've been able to overcome it, what happens is I believe that I'm called to those who have been rejected and depressed. Like, I think that if we allow, as you say, our struggle from struggle to strength, if we allow our struggles to do it, it will help us to be, it becomes our strength, right? Because if nothing else, if you don't know anything else, like for me, if I don't know anything else, I know rejection. So I can identify rejection from a mile away. And so now it's like, what more can you do? You, you know what I'm trying to say? So like now I don't, I'm not burdened by rejection because it was a struggle for so long. And so now when I identify others who may struggle with rejection or depression, I can tell you, you can, you can make it over that you can make it past it because I did like what you see right now is not your end. It's just your now, but you won't know that unless you keep going. And so, yeah, so that's really how it worked for me. It, it plagued me for the longest time, but then at a point it's just like enough already, you know, and like there, there has to be more to life than feeling this way. And so, yeah, you just work toward overcoming that feeling. You know, you've had a lot of uh, really wonderful successes in your life. Do you think the fact that you had some rejection helped you in your younger years, helped you really focus on being successful? Yes. And I will tell you, this is what's so ironic about that question. Literally. um, So I am an overachiever, like admittedly, I'm an overachiever. I hadn't noticed. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But. It was because that's how I don't feel like that. That was my choice. I feel like that's what I was right. That's how I was raised. Right. Like right. my step, my stepfather, who I don't call him my stepfather. I call him my dad because yeah. for all the sense of persons he was, but just for clarity's sake, my stepfather, he was very hard on my sister and I, you know, like when we grew up in school, if we had A's and B's, it was, well, why do you have B's? You know, we have straight A's. Why you have tardies? So like, no matter what, it was always going to the the next level. And the point is that that's actually not healthy thinking, you know, because you never learn to actually appreciate what you've done. So right. that you're always trying to find the next and reach the next. And so like, literally I'm 42 just within the last year of my life. Have I gotten to where I understand that if I don't do anything else, I've done enough. Like it was always, okay, what's next? Like people around me would say, oh my God, Tanil, that's so great. I could never appreciate what I had done because I was always looking to what else I needed to do. Like they were looking at everything I had accomplished. 
I'm focused on everything that I still hadn't done. So to me, I was still failing, right? And just yesterday, I did a show because again, I was wrestling with myself mentally. And I don't know if you can identify Fazia, but for me, sometimes podcasts becomes therapy. And so like sometimes I'll pick shows when I need to almost talk to myself. And um, and like you said, I've done a lot, but there are times where it still just comes in like, oh, but it didn't, you know, yield this result or, you know, but you still have these things to do. And so the name of the show was what does true success really look like? And so I went to research what is the definition of success? And the definition simply is the accomplishment of an aim or purpose. So that means every time you do something that you set out to do, you've you're, you've succeeded, right? And so, but for me, I think that I complicated it because I would attach adjectives to it, meaning how many, how much? So, you know, like, okay, you wrote this book, but how many people bought it or how much, you know? And so I think when you do that, then you demean the accomplishment in and of itself. And so Agreed, yes. I've, I've, re- I've recently just gotten to a place where I consider myself successful. Like other people would always say that I was successful, but for me, I wasn't because I wasn't able to see it the way that they saw it. You know, like when you say the things that I did um, that I've done thus far in 20 last year, I also ran for office. I didn't win, but I ran for an office and I'm not really a political person, but I'm a member of the Green Party. And this was something I was doing on their behalf for a person who's never run for office. I got over a quarter million votes and we didn't have a really a big budget at all. I also released a single. Um, it was a song that I had written for my mom in honor of to celebrate her 20th year death anniversary, as I call it. And but it's like those were not things that I really celebrated because to me, I'm like, that was just something I needed to do. You see what I'm saying? And so now right. I've gotten to a place where I can reflect, but absolutely the rejection um, to go back to your question it fueled my fire because I felt like I had a point to prove. But now I understand I don't have a point to prove to anybody, you know, and so I'm good. I'm good with me. So can you look back and say, yes, those are accomplishments now? Yes. Yes. I actually I challenged myself to do that um, where I because I'm always journaling about something like I have notebooks everywhere. And so um, like just writing down the various things that I, I, I've been able to do and not just for the sake of listening as an accomplishment, but why do I feel like it was an accomplishment? Like, why was it a big deal? And to be honest, there are certain things now I'm like, I really didn't even have to do that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I really didn't have to do that. I think that I, I did that because I was trying to prove a point, but I really, such as running for office, like, I think that it was it was a good thing and, and I'm not mad that I did it, but I'm like, those are eight months of my life that I won't get back, you know? And so there were things that I could have done that I wanted to do um, a little more that I think would have been a better use of that time. But I still don't regret it. I don't regret it. I don't regret the people that I met as a result um, because I'm one that believes there's no such thing as coincidence. Everything happens for a reason. And so it's just for us to figure out what that reason is and use it for our benefit. Yeah, no, I, I I completely agree with you, and I and I think it's really important to to recognize that that things happen for a reason, mm-hmm. and that way you can use that experience 
to maybe launch something else. And it seems like you've done that. I mean, you've got your your books and your webinars and your workshops and your films and your documentaries and your and your organizations. Yeah. You've got a lot going on. And um, for most people, that's a lot of accomplishments, not just one accomplishment. So tell me a little bit. We've talked about your webinars. We've talked about your books. We've talked about your speaking engagements. Um, you also have some organizations and you you do some coaching. Talk, let's talk a little bit about that and maybe how somebody could even get in touch with you if that's something they're interested in. Absolutely. So let's kind of set it like this. So I am a lit coach, meaning literary. I'm a literary coach as well as a life coach. And so um, in terms of literary, we can start there first. My organization I, I refer, referred to earlier uh, artists, uh, artists promoting success. It started out in 2013 as authors promoting success. So I really work hands on with independents, people who are just starting out um, because that's who I was. And I always say when I I wish I had a me when I started out, um, because a lot of times you have people that want to charge $10,000, you know, for an hour podcast and then you sit through it and it's not any more helpful, you know, than what you knew started out. And so with artists promoting success, it is a monthly membership fee. It's a three-tier thing, but our whole purpose is to help educate independence on the business of entrepreneurship. And in 2019, we expanded to helping all of those in the arts, right? So now it's not just literary arts, it's also visual arts and performing arts as well. So singers and filmmakers and, you know, musicians, entrepreneurs holistically, because a lot of times creatives, we know the product. So I know that this is my song or this is my book or this is my movie, but then how to push it, how to get exposure for it, that's what we don't know, how to get paid for it. And so right. that's what APS does. And so not only do we teach you the business of entrepreneurship, but then we provide platforms for you for exposure. And so like as a literary coach, I help individuals if they are trying to write the book. Because again, we've talked about people who have said for 5, 10, 20 years, I want to write a book and still have not started on the introduction, you know. And so I help you to craft your chapters, like like develop your ideas, organize your outline. That's what I do as a, as a literary coach. And then just giving you tips on publishing as well. Then you have the life coaching. Um, and that's really, again, in four different areas. So whether you're looking at relationships and I just use my my experiences being a wife for over 20 years. So, you know, and then I've written multiple books on relationships. So um, help, I, I'm able to help people in the areas of relationships as well as like work life balance because people look and see, oh, my God, how do you do all what you do? And right. I'm actively wearing those hats. So I help people with work life balance as well as self-care, becoming better versions of themselves and embracing that version of themselves and not trying to be other people and then spiritual matters. And so that's what I do as a life coach. And my other organization is I'm glad to be a woman. So we are going to be four years old in March. We um, started in 2019, March of 2019 in Chicago. This was the first year we knew that we were going to have a black female mayor had never happened in our city's history. And so from there, it was just like a, ooh, 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 
we need to have like a women's empowerment thing. And so I initially just thought it was going to be a one and done event. But the women who came out, I literally just put a call out to all women. Doesn't matter your relationship status. Doesn't matter the color of your skin. Doesn't matter your age. Doesn't matter your political status. If you are a woman, then you belong here. That is our tagline. And so, you know, and I'm glad to be a woman. We simply celebrate everything it means to be a woman. You are not even, you're not known by your titles there, you know, because a lot of times people forget because you're the first lady or you're, you know, doctor or whatever, then they forget that you're still a person. And so like it has become a safe space for women where we just constantly empower and kind of what our mantra is, is like you can always do one of two things. Either you can empower or you need to be empowered. So when you're in that group, you have the space to do either one. And so that really, you know, kind of stemmed with the life coach. And so um, that's really kind of what I do as a life coach, as a lit coach, and then the two organizations. So again, I say I educate and empower regardless of who it is. That's my purpose. So if somebody wanted to get involved in your I'm glad to be a woman organization, how would they do that? So we actually have an event coming up. Um, They can go. The website is probably the easiest way we have to update it to reflect this event. But the website is I'm glad to be a woman dot com. And so uh, or dot org. You do either one and you get the same website. But um, they'll be able to get information about it, about what it means to be a member on Facebook. We are there, but it is an invite only. So you have to know we have over 200 members in the group. um, And so someone from the group has to invite you in because the thing about it is for me this is not the type of group where we're just trying to have 20 million women um it's a particular type of woman it's a woman who is selfless a woman who isn't trying to uh take over the group you know and that you're not trying to be in other people's inboxes and win them over but that you're genuinely there for the purpose of the group and we're not trying to cause any envy or strife and i'm not saying this about all women but there are certain women who can't handle that, you know, because as soon as you're there, now I got to try to prove myself and this and that and a third. And so um, this is a group that has been organically organized. And so, you know, our belief is that God will grow it as he sees fit, with whom he sees fit. And so, um, yeah, but if anybody wanted to be a part of it, the best thing to do is probably to connect with me on Facebook, and hit me in the inbox and say, or whatever social medium, hit me in the inbox and say, I would like to be a member. And then I can just have a quick conversation just to kind of like vet them. Because normally what happens is when we have our events, then so the the event we're having in March will be an in-person event. And it's just, and it's free. Our mantra is bring a dish, a drink or donation. So just come on in and just be willing to be a part of it. And if you like it, then you'll be able to, you know, join up, you know, join the Facebook group. But before, you know, until then, if someone is listening, then just hit me in the inbox and say, hey, Tanil, I heard you on Focus on Success, and I'm really interested in being a part of that group. And we'll get you in there. Really nice. Thank you. Um, Let's talk a little bit about, you know, what is your favorite way to help people? You've got so many things. What's, What's your favorite? Do you have a favorite? I do. I do. People always think that being an author is my favorite way because I have 18 books and it's not. 
I love talking. So whether it is, <laughs> I do, I do. I mean, I'm sure you can tell from this event. Um, so whether it's public speaking in terms of on stage or, you know, just doing like podcasts, you know, talk show hosts, those are things, that's the way, that is my preferred way. Like, and I identified that probably a little bit later, but it's like with books, it's just a written way, you know, but just talking because I feel that you're able to impact people so much more directly, you know, even though you may never see all the people that you touch. But for me, it's just a much more personal way. And it, it just feels more, um, more gratifying for me. It's, it feels like it's more like what I'm called to do. And so I think that all the other platforms or formats will be something that I'm able to use. But what I want to do, if if I had to get rid of everything else and I could only do one thing, it would be being a speaker. That I love that. And what is your favorite type of uh, way to speak? Do you prefer the you know, uh, webinars? Do you prefer the podcasts and live radio? What's your favorite? You know what? I think right now, podcasting is really coming up as a as a top second. Like I love in-person. In-person is my all-time favorite. Um, so, and, and, and I'm not, I don't have a preference when we say in-person. So it doesn't just have to be, you know, cause I've been on stage in front of like hundreds of people, but I've also done, you know, conferences that have maybe like 20 people. So it, for me, it does not matter in terms of the amount of people, but my top would be in-person. I love speaking because there's just something about being able to use your voice to help people become free, you know, like you, you, whether it's, and it's not, when I say that, it's not always like a church thing. Like we had an event, I did a conference this past weekend, get in alignment with your assignment. And you could see the aha moments going off with women. You could see, you know, people just feeling better. And like, once they left, the whole purpose was to get them to know their purpose. And they were on fire by the time they left. And you can see that in person, right? So number one is in person. And I would say number two is now becoming podcasting. Like I've been doing live broadcast for a long time and this is going to sound so horrible, but I think the pandemic has spoiled me to podcast because like when you go live, you know, you got to get up, you got to do your hair, you got to put on makeup, you got, you know what I'm saying? And so it's like, that's work. Every day I may not feel like getting up and going through all of that. Whereas with a podcast, I can just roll over and just hit record. All they're doing is hearing my voice. You know what I'm saying? And so I really think that podcasting is becoming a quick number two. And then you would have the live broadcast. But yeah. No, I love it. So one last time, let's let's tell people how they can get in touch with you and how they can get a copy of your book and how they can get a copy of your documentary. Absolutely. So if people want to connect with me, period, um, just holistically, it's easier to go to my website. My name is Tennille.com. That's my name is T-O-N-E-A-L.com. Because on that website, you will have all the links to redirect you if you want to get books or master classes or know about the events or the documentary, what have you. Um, but all of my books can be found if you go to Amazon.com and just keyword search my name, Tennille M. Jackson. Because um, some of them will pop up with Tennille Jackson, but I think the bulk of them pop up with Tennille M. Jackson. So T-O-N-E-A-L, you can go there to get my books. 
for the documentary, you can go to educatedandempowered.vhx, so video hero xray.tv. And then if you want to connect with me and follow me across social media, you can do so. Put in um, my name is Tanil, that is my handle, and you will find me on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn, Twitter, Clubhouse, Wisdom, YouTube, and I will put it out there. I am not on Wisdom. I am not on Clubhouse and YouTube as frequently as I need to be. But those others, those other six, I'm there all the time. So yeah, you can definitely find me at my name is Tanil. Well, with all your spare time, I'm surprised you're not on all of them. <laughs> so I have one last question for you. <laughs> What advice would you give your 20-year-old self? I mean, you've done a lot. You've you've had a lot of challenges that brought you to this wonderful success that you're experiencing. But what advice would you give your 20-year-old self? See, now you might make me cry and I'm going to try not to. You won't be dead at 40. So you don't have to rush. (laughs) Slow down because there is life after 40. Like for so many people, when they turn 40 is this huge thing. For me, I celebrated 41. That was like a new birth for me because literally for years, even though people was, would tell me, girl, you ain't going to be going nowhere. No, I was convinced that I would be dead by 40. And so when I hit 41, it was a whole new celebration. And the way I recalibrated my entire life when I saw 41, wow. because then I believe I was a believer then that you still have time. So all of these things that you have, because even though you think that that's a lot, I actually used to do more than that. <laughs> I just, I slowed down greatly, you know, wow. um, but I would definitely tell my 20 year old self, you have more time. You will not be dead at 40. Take time to actually appreciate your accomplishments you know, it's okay to take some days and relish it. Don't rush. Wonderful. Well, I really want to thank you, Tanil M. Jackson, uh, Empowerment Specialist. Thank you so much for being on the show. Um, if you're looking to get in touch with me, you can go to executivefunctioncoachaz.com. You can listen to our uh, radio show and podcast on the website. You can also uh, look at our last um, few issues of Executive Function Magazine there. If you're looking to get in t- contact with me about being on the radio show, um, or if you'd like to write an article for the magazine, you can um, go to our contact page on the website and send me an email directly from that. If you're looking to get in touch with me uh, regarding coaching, you can get in touch with me the same way. Um, our mind print assessment is running um, right now at $350. And with that $350, you can find out your strengths, your weaknesses, and get real life suggestions as to how to improve everything. So um, if you'd like to get a copy of that, we also throw in an ACT and SAT prediction uh, for your teenagers. So um, without you, this would not be possible. So we really want to thank everyone who's listening, and we'll catch you next time. Thank you for tuning in to Focus on Success. Please join your host, Fazia Costi, for another program next Wednesday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until we talk again, have a great week. <laughs>